Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. College football's week zero, just three weeks away from today, and the NFL just over a month out. Good morning, Joe here, and I'm broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. As many of you know, I co-host BetQL Daily weekdays on the BetQL Network. You can find it in your car radio, 105.9 FM, HD2. I finally plugged it in the other day. Kind of ashamed to admit it, but it's now it's number one on the preset weekdays, 8 to 11 a.m. Or just uh, search the BetQL Daily podcast and you will hear the voice of our first guest this morning on a regular basis. His name is Paul Aspen, the executive producer of that show. You can follow Paul on Twitter at Paul E. Aspen. And uh, I probably referred to him every week, all of last football season on this show because he was the contest partner for the Circus Sports Million that we're going to be entering once again this upcoming season. Paul, going into it, I don't know how to feel. We had a lot of success. We were proud of our record. We did not cash. In the end, 54-35-1. That means 606. So we can say we hit the NFL at a rate of 61% being forced to make five selections every week but you needed 64% to cash. That's how difficult this contest is. I, I say unsure of how I feel going in because it's not normal to go above 60% in the NFL. So to do that in back-to-back seasons is very, very difficult. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Joe. Excited to bring the conversation from BetQL Daily to the score. And yeah, I had this ex- exact thought yesterday. Like, by all accounts, had a pretty great NFL season at 61%. Like, that, mm-hmm. that is very hard to do. I can't help but think that there might be some regression coming. And we said going into last season, you know, 70% to be near the top of the board. Like we knew that, like that would have had to be, that was a pipe dream, Mm -hmm. but we were right in it the whole way. You know, we had a couple, uh, the way I see it, we started five and oh, we ended five and oh, everything else in between kind of a little fuzzy. Don't remember it all that well, but no, overall the, the hardest part about it is we had maybe 
two landmine weeks, like a couple one and fours, maybe another two and three, like probably had a total of like four weeks of either two and three or one and four. And that by itself took us out of the running for the cash at 64%. So it's tough out there, man. I, I, I can't complain about how, like I was thrilled with how we did last year, all except for the fact that we didn't cash in the contest, but there is a little bit of trepidation about, man, can we even do anything close to that again this year? I think about starting pitchers when it comes to contests like this, when you have to pick five games against the spread every week. And I think of starters because you always hear these old time analysts say, well, you're going to have 10 starts where you've got your good stuff. 10 starts, you don't really have it. It's what you do with those remaining 10 starts that will define your season. And I, I always felt that way with the NFL. You have about three games you feel strong with on a regular basis, one you feel pretty good about. And then a lot of times for me, it felt like a stretch coming up with that fifth pick. And in contests like this, with thousands of people gunning for a big payday, your season is kind of defined on what you do with that fourth and fifth game every single week. And even within the week itself, like within, okay, you make your picks and then within the games, it flips so quick. Like that first five yeah. and a week, we needed three plays in the last couple minutes of three different games to go our way. And then we're sitting five and oh, and there were how many weeks was it like, man, that three and two felt like it should have been a five and oh, uh -huh. or man, that two and three should have been a four and one. It is just like so tight every week. And I agree with you. Like as far as process goes, I feel like between the two of us, we're at least pretty well lined. And I'd say an average of two games per week. It's like, okay, that's locked in. That's locked in. It's pretty, I don't want to say easy, but it's not all that hard to get to a third game. We agree on. And then obviously if we disagree on a game, we just kind of throw it out, you know, we use it in our other pools if we want to. And then, yeah, the fourth game, we usually can come to some sort of consensus, but man, that what is it? We usually have five for one spot or like five for two spots uh -huh. at the end with those last two picks. And it's just like, splitting and of course hairs. you're, yeah, you're splitting hairs and then you're Monday morning quarterbacking throughout most of Sunday. And then of, of course, once you see the final result on Monday, I do like our process though, whether it's the Friday afternoon, I personally, if we don't have anything going on, I kind of like the early wake up Saturday have a cup of coffee. <laughs> we do our little, you know, conversation. We've made our notes. We've slept on it a little bit and kind of finalizing it. I do. I did very much enjoy like that whole process of it. The final injury report is key. So we need that late Friday afternoon. So that's why getting back together on Saturday and going over everything before you submit them. And for people that are wondering, yeah, we can't do this on Sunday because the picks are due on Saturday. And then we get the consensus and all that. I usually tweet out the results at Joe Ostrowski, uh, I would say over the years, if I think of one thing that my process has changed, and this will be simple and it may sound stupid to many, there is no one game that I look at where I don't consider the other side. It is the NFL. A lot of times we get tunnel vision on games, and I always consider the other side, especially when we get some of these double digits. And, and there are certain spots in, that we agree on where you've got to take the underdog. Another thing that has changed with a lot of the sports books media that we see out there and, and they're reporting, oh, 80% of the bets, 90% of the money on this side. I used to always fade a lot of that stuff. Now that is just part of the noise that I try to ignore because what, what some people don't consider is the action at every single sports book is different. And sometimes the public is on the right side. The best in the world doing this, 
the wrong 45% of the time. So I, a lot of the, the reports on bet percentage, money percentage, a lot of that is noise that I try to ignore. Yeah, it's definitely got more crowded and it's tough like throughout the week as well. Like, so the first you got the, the public dog, quote unquote. So it's like, all right, at first you wanted to avoid that. But now, like you said, that could not necessarily be the same across the board or, you know, especially in our ecosystem when we're having guests on and experts on throughout the week. And then yeah. like the, the people are, are mentioned the same team five different times. And we're like, oh, man, everybody is on this team this week. But actually, these people are pretty sharp. So like, that's not a bad thing. So it's just kind of and like you said, like there's noise throughout the week. You kind of start the week somewhere and you try not to waver from where you're standing too much. But, you know, you kind of listen to different opinions come out throughout the week to a point. And obviously we have people on our show throughout the week, but it's it's tough to kind of you do want to stick to your guns to a certain point, you know, while also kind of weighing everything like, and then back to your point, like, okay, consider the other side of maybe games that you do feel strongly about. I'm not trying to do a commercial for any of the contests and it's out there. People know that circus sports is a sponsor here on 670, the score, but I love these contests. You know how I feel about survivor contests. They have these as well. And, of course, we love betting. We, we do it just about every single day. But the contests are something special. And, and the sweat that you get out of it, the investment, it looks like a lot to j join in, and it is. But if you consider what that costs per week and how much you're betting on the NFL per week, the investment really isn't that much. It isn't just best record, million dollars. There are all sorts of mini contests throughout the season. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned it the other day on BetQL Daily and, you know, it's been the same for me, like these different contest emails are like coming in throughout the past couple oh, of weeks yeah. and you got survivors and you got different varieties of pickums and, you know, against the spread pools and all sorts. But I'm excited. It's, you know, it's coming up pretty quick. Everyone's O and O. You know, not just the football teams, but in your pick'em leagues and betting and everything else as well. So it's just fun right. to get excited about. And before, you know, you die in week one of the survivor pool, you know, <laughs> at least, you know, we still got life right now. Yeah, no doubt. Early odds of Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio, 670. The score, my guest, Paul Aspen. He's the executive producer, BetQL Daily, uh, my contest partner in a lot of these NFL contests. So that's why we're talking so much about that. Well, you're in Chicago as well. Let's talk about betting the Bears. The win total opened at seven and a half, quickly moved down to six and a half for obvious reasons. And I can't find a soul willing to take the over six and a half wins, which, which should make me consider the over with such an easy schedule. But uh, the roster is certainly rough. Win total, not the, the only way to do it, but there are other ways to bet the Bears. Are there any anything in the flow of the season that stands out any season long props with fields or Mooney or just how you plan on attacking this team this season. Kind of back to the thinking about the other side part of the conversation, because everything for me has been, you know, I had the Niners penciled in that minus six and a half week one. Now I'm like, well, with Trey Lance as a rookie quarterback going on the road, you know, I've, I've softened on that a bit. Um, sure. Yeah, like everyone expects the Bears to be terrible, and I think overall they will be like a win total I am not interested in. And then when I'm looking throughout the schedule, like they're only favored in two games, and even when they're like projected to lay three against Houston, I'm like kind of like how? It's just so tough to pick something positive or like a prop I want to lock in on because even something like, you know, pro football focus has Tevin Jenkins as the Bears X-Factor. 
How's that going? They're trying to shore up the defensive side of the ball, but Joe, I'm going through the roster and like I produced Bears post games for like eight years. And it kind of reminds me of back in 2014 after the Trustman debacle, we kind of did a whole like recap series. The guys we had on were kind of like they can build around three guys, Kyle Fuller, Kyle Long, and I think it might have been Alshon Jeffrey. Like I'm looking at this roster again, and obviously you've got Justin Fields, but I'm looking at the defense and I'm like, who is this guy? Who is that guy? Like you've got who used a guy that used to be Eddie Jackson. Like, I don't know what happened there, like on the defensive side, Jalen Johnson. Like, so I guess you've got some pieces on defense, like maybe if the defense is starts to show some life, like can they steal a game with like a low scoring game and Justin Fields make something happen at the end, but there's nothing. I would rather not spend my money on a team like the bears where I just don't know. Maybe they, they do some, everything comes together and they win for a week. I just, there's nothing in particular for me where I'm like, okay, I want to invest in that until I see, are they going to be, if they're going to be as terrible as we all think, okay, there's a way to invest against that. But there's nothing I want to put my money behind right now. Yeah, the other day on the show, Joe Giglio was making his case for Justin Fields over the rushing yards. Okay, yes, he will be running for his life. But with that comes, uh, I would say, not possibility, but probability for an injury when you look on the offensive line. When Mark Rohde's talking throughout the week, recapping practice on the various shows, he's talking about every single day how they're shuffling things. Nothing is set on this offensive line, and they're picking up guys available right now to plug in and start. How many rookies are they going to have at the start? How is Fields going to make it through the season? Which is why I can't bet over on any Fields props. The only prop that I feel good about, Montgomery. I hear a lot of chatter about Montgomery. I can't back Montgomery. Well, they're going to be down 31-10 to in a lot of games. So how do you establish the run in the second half? You can be conservative all you want, but when you're down multiple scores in the fourth quarter, you're not going to be running the football. Moody really seems like the only spot if you're going to go over on something because the targets should be through the roof because they have to be through the roof. They're going to be trailing. They're going to be forced to pass. And there's no other spot to look outside of Mooney. And we've seen him go go to Mooney late in games in the in the past. And it's funny, Joe G just kind of um, mentioned in passing the other day, you know, when they're doubling Darnell Mooney, like Justin Fields is going to have to take off. I'm like, is, are we, I guess we're in a world where Darnell, Mooney, is he getting double teamed? Like nothing, like he's had, yeah. he's shown some nice flashes. I guess if he's your only weapon, teams will try and take that away. Yeah. I think he really came up as a nice second, you know, a nice two, two and a half, kind of three. And he's really kind of come up, but it. Sure, if that starts, and I mean, Justin Fields is going to, if he's running for his life, he's also going to look for the only guy he can probably trust there. Yeah, I think that's the only look. If anything, I just wouldn't go crazy with it. Bears are minus 115 to finish in fourth place in the NFC North. Is there a scenario they are not in the basement? I mean, yeah, the Lions, you know, are the Lions again, you know, despite talk about a team that has been noisy all off season it's not just hard knocks like it's in the gambling community too like everyone like respected people very high on the lines and i feel like i saw this a couple summers ago and at the time i wrote it off because it's like that's the lions oh the bears not or the browns (laughs) yeah right right i don't see so i'll put it this way though i do not see a scenario where the bears are not fourth i just think like and we'll talk about division previews a little bit too like and Keen teams in at one and two. Some of these divisions, you can just eliminate teams. I think Bears, the Bears are in those teams. You can eliminate them. You can eliminate the Texans from the AFC South. Like, put them in the basement and forget about them. That's where I'm at. I hear you. 
so we were just talking about contests a minute ago. I, I, I failed to mention some of these week one games, and I think it's worth a look. Just a month out, we're not locked into anything. Is there anything that you have circled that you are going to make your strong case, you know this right now, for us to take week one in contests? So I've moved the Niners out of that group. But uh, the Giants plus six and a half at Tennessee. Lock them in. Locked Lock in. in. Yes. Locked in. Yes. Uh, the Steelers, who treated us well in week one last year as a six and a half point dog at the Bills. They are plus six and a half point dogs at Cincinnati. That is penciled in. I'm reliving what the summer of 2018, 2019, mm-hmm. where Mitch is 0 for 16 for his last, like whatever, 16 deep shots at Steelers practice. I'm seeing tweets about this. So like, I don't want to trust a rookie there if they somehow go to pick it in week one, but I, I like that one. I don't love it. And here's one. I don't know if we agree on this. Well, there's two more that I'm looking at the Browns minus one at Carolina, regardless of who's playing. I'm thinking that Jacoby Brissett is playing in this game. Like everyone, I feel like everyone, the entire world is going to be on the Baker Mayfield revenge tour at home. Show the Browns, blah, 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 blah. Man, the Browns are so stout on the lines and that defense is really good as well. And they know them. They know them inside and out. So I, I love the Browns as a short favorite there. And the other one that I'm looking at, I was just thinking, I just, this kind of like just, came to me yesterday the chiefs yeah they're laying only three on the road yep against arizona and i'm like this is an arizona team that the more and more i read about them and it's not the headlines that are coming out of there whether it's hollywood brown or whatever else that doesn't help that certainly smoke you know that they don't need over there in arizona but the chiefs are just like such a better team and you can get the chiefs at a field goal or less Pretty much against anyone, you have to look at it. But against this Arizona team, I think that's one that's going to definitely be in the conversation for the last five picks that we make. Here's one more you did not mention, and I'm not saying they're locked in. I just know the number is going to close higher. Denver minus four and a half at Seattle. And it's going to be 90% on that one side. I'm not telling you to bet it. I'm just saying that's going to be six, right? I think it has to get to six. Yeah. Yeah. And when it does... Does the Seattle side not intrigue you? Does it not intrigue you? Oh, it does. It right? absolutely does. 12th man, 12th Monday man, night. Russ's oh. homecoming when he just kind of like has been, you know, and it's always been Pete's fault or whatever. Yes. I mean, that very much intrigues me. The Seattle side. I mean, does anybody in the world know Russell Wilson better than Pete Carroll? Uh, the ones you mentioned, I agree 100% on the Giants. I don't see any way that changes in a month. Also on Pittsburgh, plus six and a half for both. You mentioned Cleveland at Carolina as a short favorite. I understand it. And KC, that that one jumped to me the other day. Again, it's like one of those things. You know, Hey, let's not overthink. You get Patrick Mahomes, a field goal or shorter. Maybe you don't want to overthink that one. All four of those are road games. I just, I just, <laughs> I'm looking back at the list. I'm like, oh no, all four rows. And we're right back in midseason four. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Road teams did just fine last year, did they not? That's true. That's true. Honestly, is everything, I think most of the ones I've written down, like I had the next list up is like Ravens lane six at the Jets, Saints lane five, like Raiders plus three and a half. Like these are all road teams. What am I doing? All right. Start over. Five. I like, you know, I like the Saints this year, but lane five. Come on. Yeah. I don't, I was just, that was more of a, is this a good team? Not, not very good team, but a good team against a terrible team. But 
I mean, that is that's not making the top five. It was just kind of written down. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, the score, hanging out with the executive producer of BetQL Daily, Paul Aspen. We're already talking about our contest picks. I think we can just sign up and submit them right away as soon as we get these numbers. This certainly sounds like we're almost at five already. All right, Paul, sit tight. We're going to discuss a way to find value betting divisions, and a bunch of former Bears could be in the mix for the NFL's Comeback Player of the Year. I'm on Twitter at Joe Ostrowski. Paul's at Paul E. Aspen. And you've got 670 The Score in the Odyssey app. The Score listener line is open 24-7, 365, empowered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Back here on Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. 670 The Score, hanging with Paul Aspen, executive producer of BetQL Daily on this Saturday morning. But more importantly, Paul, my Vegas NFL contest partner. So we were talking about division winners the other day on the show. And what you'll see at some sports books, it's kind of like an exacta in horse racing that's available. It's really tough to do the straight forecast. The four teams in exact order, but a way to find a good amount of value in specific situations is not only picking the division winner, but picking one, two exact order. Like if you throw out, let's say the AFC East, people don't want to bet the bills minus 220. They don't want to do that. Bet over $2 to win $1. But if, they have a strong opinion on the second best team in the division, whether it be the Dolphins or the Patriots. Now that's a way to find some good plus money. So I was shocked at the amount of value that you can get if you pick one, two exact order, as opposed to just picking the division winner. So I started really diving into this, you know, as we started talking about it on our show. And there's some divisions that, you know, I just talked about like eliminating the Bears and the NFC North. So that all of a sudden, okay, if you eliminate the Bears and if you take the favorite, the Packers, out of those top two spots, all of a sudden you're looking at if you go Vikings, Lions, 25 to 1. If you go Lions, Vikings, 35 to 1, split the bet, play it both ways. I don't know if I'll actually pull the trigger on that, but that's at least a way to look at like the NFC North. Now, Two that I do like and probably will play is if you go to the AFC South. Again, eliminate the Texans and throw out the Titans, which is a team that we're looking to fade. You're not getting as much value, but if you go Colts-Jags, 7-1, to and then Jags-Colts, honestly, I thought we were going to get a better number here. It's 12-1. to It's okay. I, I, I was hoping for a better number there, but that's another way to do it. And then the NFC East. Hey, should we throw out the stat we hear every year? No back-to-back divisional champions since 2004. So we got to throw out the Cowboys, who just won the division last year. And I don't know about you, but I got to throw out Carson Wentz because we've all seen that movie (laughs) a million times before. So if you go Eagles, again, if you split the bet, Eagles-Giants, 14-1. to If you go Giants-Eagles, you're getting 22-1. to So those are two that immediately jumped out to me, you know, something like the AFC East, you know, I guess you could try and maybe go a different way where you keep the favorite. I have a really tough time seeing the Bills not making the playoffs. So if you eliminate the mediocre teams, maybe the Dolphins and Patriots, the Jets pop. If you go Bills, Jets, that's something like 12 to 1. I don't know that I love that. And then I know you were at least looking at eliminating or taking out the Chiefs of the top two in the AFC West. So there's a couple others you could look at as well. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and it's it's quarterback injury. That's how you get these favorites to fall to third or fourth place. And then all of a sudden they have a lost season and they're not incentivized, uh, at least the head coach and the GM, to win as much. And we think about the division here with the NFC North and how buzzy the Detroit Lions are and how great their ATS record was a year ago. I don't even know that that's repeatable and people have fallen in love with Dan Campbell, something we did not think would happen a year ago. As they are buzzy, I still find it very difficult to believe that they can win the division. But here's a way you can say, okay, they're not going to win the division, but they could finish in second place. They can be in the mix for a playoff spot in a softer conference. So maybe you pick Detroit second. If you think everything works with the new head coach and play caller up in Minnesota, O'Connell, if you go Vikings and Lions, that's 25 to 1. And I know it's hard to see Aaron Rodgers finishing in third place in the division, but again, one of these scenarios where the favorite, maybe the quarterback goes down, if he misses a portion of the season, I could see everything going against the Packers in their first year without Devontae Adams. It's not. It wouldn't be the first time Aaron Rodgers missed a portion of the season. And I mean, right. what did he like? Was it two, three? The season opener a couple of years ago against the Bears missed an ACL by maybe an inch or two. Like he got banged up, got shot up, and then came back and finished the game. But like that is definitely not out of the realm of possibility. And if he goes down, I mean, we know what's like they are free falling. Paul, I also know that you had an angle for the comeback player of the year award. So uh, what's your thinking there and why do you think that, that you can find some value? So looking at comeback player of the year for the last four years, it's been a quarterback. And I would say that there's wow. no obvious quarterback this year. 11 of the last 15 comeback players of the year, by the way, have been quarterback. So big guy like Baker Mayfield is in the mix. Eh, like Daniel Jones, maybe, I guess. But those guys, like I'm, like I said, there's no Dak Prescott, there's no Joe Burrow. So a couple guys that have won it recently, receivers. When you look at Jordy Nelson, you look at Keenan Allen. So the shortest receiver on the board is Michael Thomas at eight to one. So and he's been getting a lot of buzz in Saints camp as you were talking about before we started the show. So that's who you basically have to avoid. I will say running back. It's happened once. And it was Garen, Garrison Hurst around the turn of the century. And Ooh. I just like, it's not a running back league anymore. Um, another guy, I'll get back to the receivers in a minute, but Chase Young, if you shop around, the best number on him is 20 to one. Oh. And the more we talked about him before the show, the more like that makes a lot of sense. Like this is a guy that was supposed to be defensive player of the year contender last year, supposed to be in the mix for, you know, sacks leader. 20 to one for comeback play of the year. The more and more I look at it, the more I talk about it. I like that a lot. I was actually coming into this show thinking I would talk about a couple of wide receivers, one with a Chicago tie because yeah. of the receivers note I mentioned, like Allen Robinson. He's at 25 to one. Everyone in Chicago knows like he had two top 15 receiver seasons on this Bears team with guys like Trubisky at quarterback, where he would put up 100 catches and 1,200 yards. If he does that in LA, is that enough? 
I don't know. Or if he puts up a Robert Woods season, who, by the way, Robert Woods, another candidate for this, the best number on him is 50 to one. We had a guest on our show, John Daigle, talk about from four for four, talk about there's something like 350 available targets in Tennessee with all the, the weapons they've lost. So if he puts up his typical 90 receptions, 1000 yards that he did in LA. So if he puts up those numbers in Tennessee's or if Allen Robinson puts up 90 catches and a thousand yards in LA in a Robert Woods role, is that enough for either of those guys to win that award? What if it finally comes together for the public darling, the team that people bet year after year, they like the head coach, I'd say the majority of them out West, the chargers can Khalil Mack get this at 40 to one. Does it Tough have for to defensive player? You've got to have that star power. And Chase Young, you just talked about him. At this stage, isn't Chase Young a much bigger name than Khalil Mack right now? Absolutely is. And he's he's so much younger, too. Like, look, they got Khalil Mack to make a Super Bowl run. Kind of like the Rams did with Von Miller. Kind of like the Bills did with Von Miller again. Like, they've got to keep him on some sort of a pitch count. Whereas Chase Young, yeah, he's coming back, you know, and you want to ease him in a little bit maybe but like once he's ready to go turn him loose whereas i would think there's a lot more consideration of having cleo mack when you need him the most at his best so could it happen yeah but don't you need what 14 sacks 12 at minimum and, and you won't the be the best with, player on that defense exactly and part yeah. of the thing with cleo mack that we saw here in chicago Okay, then they'll slide two guys. They'll slide three guys. It looks great when he's stiff-arming a guy and put him on skates. Right. But you know what? That's not showing up in the stats. Chase Young's a good look. I like that. I can't believe Deshaun Watson's 10-1. to This is silly. Right. Oh, that's the other quarterback that was – it's like it's not even worth it. No. Yeah, yeah. Get out of here. I like your premise. It makes sense because there is not the obvious quarterback coming off the gruesome injury – that the public loves. So it it could go anywhere. Paul, this was good. We're going to have to do this during the season and uh, let people in a little bit on our process when we come up with our uh, five picks every week. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I mean, do we do it live 9 a.m. on the show? Just go just talk for like (laughs) a half hour. Yeah, we'll have like two of our picks done by the end of the show. Exactly. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Joe. Paul Aspen, EP of BetQL Daily. Sometimes betting on narratives will get you into trouble, and sometimes it works. Well, it worked in the Hall of Fame game on Thursday. Josh McDaniels' revenge tour, and he's coaching at his high school stadium. Raiders minus two and a half. It hits. Weekly contributor Jim Miller drops by next. We've got NFL preseason betting, NFL worst record, and World Series futures. Keep it here. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturdays, 8 to 9 a.m. on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Hope you're enjoying the start to your weekend. Back on Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670 The Score. We bring in our weekly contributor. You know his name? Jim Miller, Hawthorne Racecourse, at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. Jim, the other night, there was sort of real football on our television. I know some of our listeners were probably betting on the Hall of Fame game. It feels like, okay, football's here, but it's not really here. We still have to wait over a month. It is, but it isn't, Joe. And that kind of leads into my first question for you, because we talk time and again about every season and what season is going on now and where the money is going and all that. Okay, we've gotten kind of past the dog days of summer for MLB action. We're past the trade deadline. But let me ask you this, Joe. 
with a shortened NFL preseason schedule going into a longer NFL season, is there going to be more betting action on a preseason NFL game than there would be on a regular season MLB game? Yes, 100%. It happened on Thursday, and that's where the shifting goes. Maybe some are saying, hey, why not, guys? I bet on both. You could, but your average better is going to take the entertainment dollar that they were putting on baseball games that they were watching and just shift it over to football 100%, especially these island games that we saw the other day or when it's your favorite team. People are going to uh, move that money. And the other part is if you look – just look today. Look any day now. Now that we've passed the trade deadline, what you're seeing is these money lines – spiking and that's not a lot of fun if you're taking a favorite it's not a lot of fun to lay minus 250 it kind of feels like if you're going to bet on a favorite you've got to put a few of them together in some sort of money line parlay and that happened a lot last year where we're getting prices minus 300 up to minus 400 with a stud pitcher going against one of the bottom feeders so some people do kind of steer away from betting major league baseball on a day-to-day basis once we get to those last two months yeah and you kind of have to a little bit joe and especially too when you're looking at nfl preseason also What about these teams that have new regimes, have a new offensive scheme, have a quarterback that they're trying to get going in that? These Mm -hmm. are teams that may even put a little bit more effort in than those established teams, and you tend to wonder if you could actually make a little bit of money on some NFL preseason action just because of who's going to play, say, two or three quarters compared to who's going to play one quarter. You said it. It's an information-based market. We've talked a lot about the NFL NBA draft in the same vein. It's about getting information. You're not breaking down specific matchups because you don't know what the matchups are going to be. But if you're paying close attention, if you're following specific beat reporters on Twitter and you get that intel, okay, starting quarterback is going to go for an entire first half instead of just one series. You might have that edge. And there are also uh, other sorts of angles. A lot of times people will back new coaches looking to set some sort of a winning culture. There are certain coaches in the league that have a awesome hit rate as far as the spread goes in the preseason. Some care about the preseason, some do not. So it's different sort of betting angles in NFL preseason, and you better believe that the professionals, I know people laugh at this, but they bet preseason a lot. Some bet the preseason more than the regular season. I'll be focused on the preseason for sure. And, and- for that reason, too. Look at John Harbaugh in the preseason. Absolutely incredible record. Yep. Watch him every game. Watch the lines every game, and you can just see how that money moves. Yep, 100%. I, I know you wanted to get into uh, baseball futures, but let's start with football. I mean, we've got yep. to give the people some pigskin every single week. What's on your mind? Well, and it's interesting because we've talked in past weeks about the good for the NFL and the over-unders and who was going to lead the league in passing yards and things along those lines. But there's always that wager out there, and I just missed it last year with the Giants, but it's the worst record in the NFL. And I look at the odds, Joe, and think about, all right, I see Houston at 3-1 to one to be the worst, Atlanta at 4-1, to one, the Jets at 9-1. to one. The Bears are all the way up there at 12-1. to one. I think they're not going to be very good this year. Is there some value there with the Bears at 12-1 to one to be worse than the NFL? <laughs> I I know you were going this spot. Okay, so... Interesting enough, actually had this conversation about worst record and you don't have to bet on everything. 
Nope. And I was wondering, is this bettable? And here's what I mean. The worst record in the NFL has belonged to the same team the last two years. Jacksonville Jaguars, not a big surprise. 2019, it was the Bengals with two wins. 2018, Arizona Cardinals with three. 2017, Browns go winless. If we take away last year, there is one common thread. It's the starting quarterback going down. 20 yes. Jags, it was a combination of Minshew, Luton, and your guy, Mike Lennon. In 2019, <laughs> it ends up being Ryan Finley. It, those Arizona Cardinals that were so terrible with 13 losses, Josh Rosen started the yes. majority of that season. I mean, there are guys that are like, oh, my God, how did he ever start games at this level? Trevor Lawrence played every game last year, and that shows you how much of a dumpster fire Urban Meyer was right. down in Jacksonville. So my, my point here is that you've got to be able to predict injuries in most cases, and that is not the easiest thing to do. So my argument would be just take some crazy long shots. Look at some of these quarterback depth charts and what you believe are some terrible backups that if the starting quarterback goes down, they could possibly have the worst record in the NFL. And, and I'm always looking for some value. So here are some long shots. Let me know what you think. Yep. What if Kirk Cousins goes down for Minnesota? I'm buying the changes that are happening in Minnesota. But if Sean Mannion's the guy, Oof. they could be terrible. They are 50 to one. I don't want it to happen, but Joe Burrow's been injured in the past and Brandon Allen's the backup. 150 to one. Russell Wilson was injured for what half of last year. Yes. If he goes down for the Broncos, they're done. Cause Brett Rippon's the guy they're 200 to one. So the only way I view this as bettable is just taking some dart throws on some teams that would be in a whole lot of trouble. We're talking worst team in the NFL bad. If QB one yeah. goes down, like you said, can't play the favorites in this category by any means. And you have to look around, find the backups. That was the reason why I even mentioned the bears because Everyone across the league has stated that they have the worst offensive line by far. Yeah. So you have an inexperienced quarterback and a terrible offensive line. It may not matter who's back there, but at least you're seeing a number somewhere around 12 to one, which is bettable, but you're right. Talk about some of these teams, take some shots, take some shots at these higher odds, avoid the ones that are always the, the basement dwellers, the Houston, Atlanta, yeah, Texas, the Jets. Yes, stay away from those. But you, you're right. Anything 12 to 1 or higher, you have a chance to, I think, catch some value in a record that gives us something to at least watch all season long, too. Are you telling me that you are so sick, you are so mad at this Bears organization that you're going to bet them 12 to 1 to have worst record and root against They've them every nothing. Sunday? Yes. <laughs> They've done nothing. Think about it. All right, who, who's your top yeah. wide receiver? Yeah, Mooney? It's Mooney. It's Mooney with okay. a bullet. And it's nobody okay. close. Yeah, And so David Montgomery is going to try to run the ball behind a horrible line. You don't have Khalil Mack anymore. So your defense isn't great. Your offense is terrible. And you're playing in a division where Detroit's gotten better. Green Bay is always going to be decent. And you're right. Minnesota is still going to be relied Vikings. on. What's I, I like the Vikings, man. I They could win the division. Easily. Easily. That, that was a very strong hire. Like the changes in the front office. It wouldn't surprise me if they end up winning the division after Devontae Adams goes from the Packers out to the Raiders. Very, very fun. That's a fun betting market. Interesting angles. And it is something where a long shot 
could come through. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, The Score, Jim Miller, Hawthorne Racecourse with me. All right, what about uh, the hardball after uh, the trade deadline comes and goes? So interesting trade deadline, Joe, but here's a few things that I noticed. Okay, the biggest splash of the trade deadline came from the San Diego Padres. Mm-hmm. You still look at them for World Series odds, and you're getting double-digit odds for them to win the World Series. I mean, you're seeing the Dodgers and Yanks around three and a half to one. I'm seeing the Padres 10, 11 to one. Aren't they a team that you'd have to give a little bit more consideration to? Because their offense from top to bottom is pretty insane right now. The odds were cut in half after the Soto move. And you know what gets overlooked here? Josh Hader was really good. That's a great addition. And that's what it comes down to so much in the postseason. The relief pitching that you had, and they added a stud, an absolute stud. So the odds went from about... 20 to one down to 10 to one off the Soto news. And Soto is a guy that just goes on tears in the second half. He did it last year and he's already been doing it for the last month, just crushing the baseball. So yeah, you've, you've got to love that. And he does it with protection now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, they went from an offense that had a lot of question marks. Oh, let's add Soto. Tatis is coming back. Like, look at that. The heart of that lineup is just, it's sick. Disgusting. Overall approach for the World Series, I find this fascinating. I'm curious about your thought with, with the current playoff format that we have. Yep. It's no longer the coin flip. It's now the best of three for those wild card matchups. Does that mean that a long shot is more likely to win? The last two full seasons we've had, we've seen those teams come from the back, right? We saw yep. Atlanta, a lot of struggles early on. They finish with 88 wins. They win the World Series. Why? Because everything they did at the deadline worked. Solaire, Duvall, Jock, Rosario, all great right. additions. 2019, Washington. They wanted to fire their manager in May. They get the wild card with 93 wins. They end up winning the World Series. You know, Atlanta at this time last year was a below 500 team. And, yeah. and look at what happened. So where I'm gravitating towards is the middle. I liked what the Cardinals did at the deadline. And the Seattle Mariners also had a strong deadline. Not the Soto over-the-top move, but these teams were active, and they can mash. And this, I, I would throw the Phillies in there, but we talked about this months ago. We yep. bet on the Phillies yep. at around 50-1. to 1. We are, yep. We're already in on them, and I think they had a pretty good deadline. These teams in the 40-50-1 to 50 to 1 range, uh, St. Louis and Seattle, have the two easiest remaining schedules in baseball. I think they're all three of these teams are definitely going to be in the dance, and they'll, they'll be able to uh, cause some damage come October. They'll all be able to cause some damage, and you look at it too, think about it. Okay, St. Louis is now in the division where it's Milwaukee minus Hater. I they're mean, winning it, that it, division. They're winning yes. the Central. I can't yes, believe you could find them. They could find them about two to one still. Come yeah, on. we've talked about that when they were five or six to one. They're going to win that division. You have the MVP on that team. You have veteran leadership. You have studs and a team that knows how to play second half baseball. Yeah. So St. Louis is going to be incredible. Seattle went on that great run leading up to the <laughs> all-star break and then made moves to put themselves right back in the mix again. And you, you have to think that they're going to be there late. All right, Joe, here, I have to ask you this because you talked about what can happen with the shortened playoff series and i've been tough on my team all season long and they did nothing they did nothing at the break nothing but let me ask you this with the white Sox for this reason only dylan cease has been an absolute stud 
You're starting to get Lance Lynn health, healthy again. Giolito pitches a little bit better again. Kopech's been decent. Cueto's been decent. All you yeah. need really is two starters. You just need two starters to be good going into the playoffs to be competitive, and we know Dylan Cease is going to be one of them. Can you see them making any type of noise? They're 33-1 to right now to win the World Series. That number keeps getting shorter. A week ago, it was 45. Yeah. And then they don't do anything. and then They made gets, no move. Yeah. They won a series. They won a couple series, right? Yeah, they won that Oakland one. A couple one. series, but if they're in a yeah. division that made no moves also. Yeah, that's it. Like, what did Cleveland do to get better? I thought the Twins got better, though. A they, they, bit. they did some work with the pitching. I didn't mind that at all. The Sox conversation comes down to this, and we can talk about their easy schedule as well. They have the third easiest remaining yep. schedule. It comes down to what they do in these matchups with the Twins. They face yep. them a ton down the stretch. What are you going to do in those games? Last three series of the year, two of them are against Minnesota. Doesn't it really boil down to that, Jim? We can talk about all yep. these other different betting angles. Yeah, six last, of the last nine games with the Twins. Yeah, and those are the three against San Diego. Right. San Diego's playing for something. We'll see. That's that's going to be tough. That's on the road. But what are they going to do in these Twins games? That That's the bottom line, and there's your answer. If you buy into it, if you think they've turned a corner, go ahead. It's probably worth a bet. It's interesting to me, though, every day these these odds adjustments in the division because oh right after the deadline, then the, tw- the Twins become a, a bigger favorite, and then – White Sox go out and win the next day, then it completely flips. It's just going back and forth every single day based on the previous day's results. And you're seeing that, and and still Cleveland hovers around 3-1 to one to win the division. It's I back know. and forth between the Sox and the Twins. I like, say, plus, plus or minus 135, 140. And Cleveland sits there, and Cleveland's still in second. Yeah, But they just sit right there, hovering around, hovering, hovering, hovering. I just don't know if, again, they're going to have enough firepower pitching to continue to do it. I don't know if the Twins are either. Maybe if the Sox get healthy and Tony wakes up, maybe they'll be okay. <laughs> How did I know we were going to get a shot at Tony Larusa from one Jim Miller? That was the heavy favorite. The favorite cashes. Go collect your cash at the window. All right, Jim, what do we have for the horses today? All right, so we're actually going out of town. Saratoga has three straight Grade One races on Saturday. We're going to bet all these horses across the board. Race nine, bet the four. Wish you well across the board. 12 to 1 in the morning line on this one. Try to beat the 2 to 5 favorite there. Race 10, bet the 2 Hot Rod Charlie across the board. This one was second in the Dubai World Cup, two starts back. And then race 11, bet the 10 Stone Age across the board. The horse should be flying at him late. Wake Grandpa up. Jim, it was the start of the game. Start of the game. It was game. the first game. You're a manager. I, I heard people say, oh, it's late. Baseball's late. It was the beginning of the game. When you manage games, at a lower level with teenagers. Could you imagine being so tired? The game's about to start. You got the adrenaline pumping. The Never. music's blaring. Gene Honda's screaming and you're falling asleep. I don't even sit down. And they, he was head bobbing. He wasn't just, he wasn't just oh dozing off. He was like head bobbing. It was oh. great. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Talk next week. You got it, Joe. My guys, Jim Miller and Paul Aspen on this week's early odds. If you're starting your NFL prep, five weeks away and college football prep three weeks away. You need to subscribe to the BetQL daily podcast, tons of football every day covering hundreds of betting markets. Punch 105.9 FM HD two in your presets to listen to the BetQL network on their weekdays, eight to 11 AM talk during the week on the score inside the clubhouse is next cash those tickets and keep it locked right here on 670. The score.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.